From Washington, I'm David Schultz, and this is Talking Tax. From a tax perspective, Puerto Rico is one of the most unique jurisdictions in the United States, but it doesn't necessarily want that title. And the effort to make taxes on the island more simple is what we're going to be talking about today. Earlier this year, Puerto Rico Governor Pedro Pierluisi put forth a sweeping proposal to standardize the island's tax code and to cut tax rates for many businesses and individuals. Bloomberg tax reporter Angelica Serrano-Roman and Bloomberg News reporter Jim Wiss spoke to three people with different perspectives on this proposal. A business community representative who largely supports it, a tax professional who thinks it doesn't go far enough, and a legislator on the island who thinks it misses the big picture. First, let's start off with the business community. Ella Wilgard-Nieves is the CEO of InvestPR, and she spoke to Jim about the role taxes play in the island's economy. But first, she told Jim exactly what it is that InvestPR does. We are that initial point of contact for companies and investors who are considering Puerto Rico for a potential relocation um, or expansion. And so every day, Jim, we showcase the island's value proposition, and that includes world-class talent and workforce and ever-evolving infrastructure, a thriving innovation and entrepreneurship ecosystem, just a very strong organizational support, and, as you know, unique lifestyle here that's really hard to beat. But part of this value proposition um, that Puerto Rico has to offer includes competitive tax incentives. Puerto Rico is a U.S. jurisdiction. So the ground rules for doing business in Puerto Rico really allow for the same level of operational security, stability, and protections as mainland U.S. So all the inherent fiscal, legal, regulatory, and intellectual property protections under federal law are applicable, but we do have a separate taxation system. And you know, although Puerto Rico is a foreign jurisdiction for federal income tax purposes, it still is a U.S. territory. And so the U.S. Internal Revenue Code allows for an exception from federal taxation for citizens of the United States that are bona fide residents of the island. So this means that Puerto Rico is the only jurisdiction where locally sourced income is not subject to taxation from the IRS. And that is very, very unique to Puerto Rico. For manufacturers, for exporters, and service providers looking to use Puerto Rico as a base to serve market markets off-island, like the U.S., Puerto Rico offers uniquely designed tax incentives that are unavailable anywhere else in the U.S. or in the world. And you might ask, well, what are these tax incentives? So first and foremost, there is a 4% fixed income tax rate on eligible income. We have 75% exception on property taxes. 50% exemption on municipal taxes. We have 100 exemption from income tax on distributions to shareholders, to partners or members. And we also have R&D, research and development tax credits of up to 50%. And these, Jim, can be sold in Puerto Rico in the Puerto Rico capital markets, um, oftentimes 90 cents to a dollar. So this is also very unique to Puerto Rico. And even more so, there is an even lower fixed income tax rate of 1% versus the 4% that I mentioned earlier for the manufacture of pioneering or, or novel products. Obviously, all sorts of companies can benefit from these incentives. But have you seen particular sectors that you're going after, particular sectors that have really uh, kind of taken hold in Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico recently welcomed a gene and cell therapy company called Cytoimmune. And, you know, these, fo these folks are doing extremely pioneering work. They were able to land here because of the incredible talent that is available here on the island, but also because they had access to unique incentives. 
And Best Puerto Rico really welcomes the simplification of the local tax code and also the lowering of the corporate tax rate so that all companies can really benefit. And, you know, the companies that Puerto Rico attracts and that benefit from the tax incentives need local companies to serve them and to continue providing a high standard, you know, of living on the island. So really smarter tax legislation makes sense for everyone because the local business community will be able to offer better services, retain and attract talent, and overall raise the competitiveness of our island. Next, we'll hear from Kenneth Rivera, a CPA, an attorney, and a partner at the Puerto Rican firm Glindez LLC. Rivera spoke to Angelica about the governor's proposal and about how his ambitions were limited by PROMESA, the oversight board that has control of the island's finances. Our tax system, it's very, very high if you compare it to other jurisdictions, if you are not covered by a tax exemption decree. Furthermore, the system is very complex. It has a lot of rules, a lot of uh, uh, requirements, the informative returns that you have to file and all that. So uh, uh, we have to simplify the system. So basically, the governor, he made a task force uh, We are one year and a half ago at the end of 2021, and the task force has been uh, meeting and, and rewriting and, and, and making recommendations for now for close to one year and a half. And among those recommendations was the, the recommendation that the tax rate had to be lowered. Remember, we are under a, a, a PROMESA law that says that we, we are like an, under like a bankruptcy procedure. And according to the PROMESA rules, if we eliminate a tax, we have to prove that we can find that income someplace else. We can put a new tax or in, increase a, an existing tax. And what Treasury is trying to say is prove to, to, to the board, the oversight board, that their collections have been increased substantially and that we can come up with a difference even if we lower the rates. Basically, what the governor proposed, and he the proposal was issued uh, February 28th, the last day of, of February. Basically, he reduced the tax rates for individuals and corporations. Uh, entities that are subject to tax exemption decrees are not covered. Uh, by the, the reductions, will not benefit for, for the reductions. And they also the governor made some proposals to simplify the system. Do you think these tax cuts are enough to attract businesses in Puerto Rico? No, no, no. They, they are a step in the right di direction. The, the, the reduction is not enough to attract new businesses. I mean, it's better to have them than, than not to have them. And again, we are under a bankruptcy uh, regime, a bankruptcy proceeding. So I understand if we cannot lower them to the levels we would like from the start, because we have to prove that the collections are not affected because of the reduction. And somehow being more efficient or making more collections, if the economy grows, it's enough to, to replace the income that is lost because of the reduction in the tax rates. But we still have, have some, some ways to go. What other changes would be needed to achieve that goal? And this is something I, I, I teach at university, and it's something uh, we, we, we mentioned to them. The tax uh, incentives, as a general rule, I, I see them uh, as an equalizer. Puerto Rico is far from, from continental U.S. Energy here, it's, it's fairly high. Labor cost is fairly high because we, are, we pay federal minimum wages, uh, contrary to Dominican Republic or maybe Mexico. Uh, we are subject to OSHA rules, to all federal types of regulations. So doing business in Puerto Rico, it's kind of... It's kind of costly. It costs. It costs a lot. We have the advantage uh, again that we are part of, of U.S. Where things that manufactured in Puerto Rico are deemed to be manufactured in U.S. 
uh, if you are required to manufacture something in US, if you do it in Puerto Rico, you are eligible to, to say it was done in US. So we have something that we uh, have some benefits there as well. The tax breaks, basically what they do is they compensate for the additional expenses, the additional transportation, the additional cost of energy, the, the additional cost of the, of the salaries that we pay in Puerto Rico. Eventually, we have to make the Ireland more competitive and not rely so heavily on the tax rates. Uh, the Pillar 2 uh, initiative from the OCD that, that wants to, to adopt a global minimum tax is, is adopted on a worldwide level. Then that advantage will be lost or, or reduced significantly. So the island has the mission of somehow become more competitive in other areas other than taxes. I mean, taxes are an important part and have to be addressed, but we also need to address some other areas, for example, energy uh, to be more efficient uh, in some areas, to be easier to do business in Puerto Rico. The permitting process could be simplified. So we have to do some other things to be more competitive at a worldwide level. Finally, we'll hear from Juan Zaragoza, a member of the Puerto Rican Senate and the island's former treasurer. He told Jim that he thinks a tax structure that imposes super high rates but exempts most people and businesses isn't a great way to do business. And he also said the good times the island is experiencing now won't last, as demonstrated by a particularly troubling graph in a recent fiscal report. It shows that the growth in GMP of our economy, as it is usually measured, but then they did an, an extremely interesting exercise. They carve out the impact of federal funds and they run the numbers again. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting because all the numbers are negative except one year. So the message there is that our, our economy uh, is not growing if you carve out the impact of federal funds. So, so considering that, my point is, shouldn't we be focusing on a tax reform that will help us have a softer landing. But I have to recognize that it is very difficult to, to oppose the governor's proposal for tax reform because the governor's proposal reduces taxes for everyone. But when you sit down with a cup of coffee or your favorite drink and, and ask yourself, okay, but give me, a, give me a break, give me a break here. What do you mean by everyone? Well, everyone is everyone, you know, everyone includes uh, Jim includes the banks, the three banks that operate in Puerto Rico that you know, that you have been covering the, those news, that they have record earnings. And, and, and I made a back of a, a napkin uh, computation and the, the banks would be saving 30, 40, 45 million bucks per year. And in the same token, uh, you have the, the, the big retailers having similar savings. And the big uh, uh, insurance companies having similar savings, and and then when you realize that, you ask yourself, well, give me a second. Originally, the, the the idea sound great, you know, savings for everyone. But should we be sacrificing tax revenues of around 100 million bucks on those three groups? What what what's the benefit for the economy? I think that a, a better way to soften the landing out of the bubble would be, again, with an asterisk, to the extent we can make the sacrifice on tax revenues, to, to focus most of that sacrifice on, on smaller, small and medium businesses and on the middle class. But at the end of the day, I think that 
the governor, the house, the senate. We want to give some some tax relief to to individuals and businesses. The question is, how can we do it, complying with with the board's requirement, and also from my from my standpoint, contributing to a, a softer landing when when we get out of the bubble. Treasury is reporting consistently excess tax collections, but the board also agrees that we are in a bubble. So the board considers those revenues as non-recurring revenues. And you cannot use non-recurring revenues to fund a tax reform because the tax reform will be recurring. So, so that's why you might have that apparent contradiction, you know, that you say, but periodically Treasury is saying we have so much money, we have so much money, and but but then there's there's not enough money for a tax reform. You know, in, inside Puerto Rico, your constituents are worried about high taxes. Outside of Puerto Rico, it's known as a low tax jurisdiction. Uh, how do you see tax breaks and incentives fitting into this bigger puzzle of, of tax reform? You guys from the outside say Puerto Rico is a low tax jurisdiction because in Puerto Rico, there are exemptions for everyone. But the people that are taxed, they are screwed. You know, the people that are taxed, they are taxed heavily. A good, solid, holistic. I don't know, like that word too much, but let's let's use it. It sounds sexy. Take a look at the our tax expenditure budget. You know, uh, we should take a look closely at those exemptions from a cost-benefit perspective, and and be more selective as to how as to what we exempt or, or what tax break breaks we give. That was Puerto Rico Senator Juan Zaragoza speaking with Bloomberg News' Jim Wiss. Before that, you heard Ella Woger Nieves with Invest PR speaking to Jim and Kenneth Rivera with Galinda's LLC speaking with Angelica Servano Roman. And that's it for today's podcast. You can find up to the minute news on the latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. Today's Talking Tax was produced by myself, David Schultz, along with Jim Wiss and Angelica Serrano Roman. Meg Shreve is our editor, and our executive producer is Josh Block. From Washington, I'm David Schultz. Thanks for listening. In a global tax landscape that changes by the day, it's what you don't know that can leave you exposed. At Bloomberg Tax, we provide market-leading intelligence and practical applications to help tax professionals work smarter, faster, and more accurately. Our solutions provide the insights you need for game-changing outcomes. To revolutionize your performance in real time, the difference is Bloomberg Tax. Learn more at pro.bloombergtax.com.